9to5.cc has been making blogs, podcasts, and reviews since 2011. Support us with likes or at patreon.com slash 9to5.cc. This is episode 152 of the 9to5 Entertainment System. What do we talk about, boys? We kick it off with some talk about the Bill Murray Christmas special on Netflix. We talk about the Marvel Cinema Universe and Disney's Giant Mouse. And then we talk a bit about the Fantastic Four. Topical. We, we follow up with Peaky Blinders, Royal Tenenbaums, The Shape of Water, Being John Malkovich, and Flatliners. Finished up with Atlanta, Super Meat Boy, and of course, Gloomhaven. So much things to talk about. All this and more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Netflix? Yeah, I like it. I like that. I, it, it, just, I know it's not it's not well loved. It, no, for like, me, it a really lot of people was. are just sort of like, oh, it's like a lot of singing and like not a lot of jokes. But I was like, yeah, but it's like an old, it's like a throwback to an old timey Christmas special. But like, there's that that loneliness, that aloneness. Yeah, that and, and that's it. He's like trying to get people to hang out with him, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. It, it resonates with me. It makes me feel comfortable and hmm. and and normal in the holiday spirit. Did you watch a lot of those Christmas specials when you were at Wii? Like the classic, like the yeah. classic, classic like, ones? like yes, crooner, but crooner host Christmas, right? Like, basically. But it's it's not like those. It's way more. Mm. I mean, that, that's like the setup, and then it's Bill Murrayfied, kind of. Yeah. Like, that, like the setup is a crooner host Christmas, but then it's Bill Murray, and he's sad, and he's alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, you think he's Rock? really sad and alone? I don't think Bill Murray is ever sad or alone. I think he is probably both of those things. If he wants to be, right? He doesn't no, but have I mean, to be. I feel how many of your friends have like died and how many of them have like burned out? And, how like, many of them are Chevy Chase? Yeah. How ma- yeah. <laughs> he is never friends with Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, but like co-workers that are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? Like No, but you know what I mean? I'm like, like the, he came from a crew of like, like the, pre- the presumably like the – the rumored love of his life, Gilda Radner dying super early. Mm-hmm. Like he was apparently friends with Belushi, Belushi dying super early. Like a lot of those, like that crew, like flamed out pretty hard. It's true. And I don't know. Like I mean, he certainly plays like a melancholy role, like more often than not in his later years. You know, like mm. there's, I think he has like there's, I think there's a loneliness inside of Bill Murray that doesn't necessarily. I mean, I guess you could probably be happy and lonely. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Like can you be, be happy can you be and happy? alone. Yeah, you definitely be happy. Yeah, exactly. Alone. Like, yeah. is melancholy obvious? Like, ob- like, always sad. Like, if you're just sort of By like definition. I mean, I mean, melancholy and the infinite sadness, right? If melancholy already meant infinite sadness, why would they have added the infinite sadness? I don't think melancholy is infinite. I mean, no, melancholy I is a kind of like yeah. superficial. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like I feel that you can ju- you you could you could be if you're like Bill Murray, you could be in a in a headspace where you're like sad about what like you've lost but uh, simultaneously like happy about what you've accomplished you know? yeah i think it's times like these i think about about maynard and he said all you know about me is what i sold you you dumb fuck yeah and that I might guess. be the case here too like I this guess. could be bill bill murray's persona that he wants to project to us i suppose persona that, older that christmas night. special still <laughs> still gets me right in the christmas spirit uh-huh Anyway, this is the 9 to 5 uh, Christmas special. Uh-huh. We're coming to you live from February. <laughs> you know why we're talking about Christmas? Because Die Hard is over there, and on, on the new TV over here, we want to watch Die well, Hard. Well, I was going to say that. I mean, you also could say that Die Hard is over there, but we also are, in fact, recording from like the north. We're uh-huh. at the Leck Manor this weekend. It's true. We should um, – maybe actually I'll send you like a file, like an hour-long file of like crackling fire that you could like <laughs> <laughs> just have like have as an underlay across the entire podcast. Be like, well, you're joining Scott. Uh, Fireside. John yeah. Keith. Fireside up at the Leck Manor as we record. No, that's going to be our next podcast. Like, stay tuned, 2018, for Fireside Talk. <laughs> How would it be different other than just the crackling fire in the <laughs> bottom? I was like, why well, are you dismissing ba- it right just away? That. Or I was like, if we just had like the exact same conversations, but we all kept real mellow voices, being like, so you guys, did you guys see Thor? I watched Thor. Did you watch Thor? Everyone seen Thor? Can, we I, can I get you a refill of your cocoa? Yeah, does everybody, everybody have a nice cocoa at home? We could. Just pause. I bought cocoa pause today. Pause the podcast. Get some cocoa. You'll feel <laughs> <Just> better. <laughs> we we already ranked Thor, but I think yeah. this is also a thing that we've all watched. I mean, I guess we can just say thumbs up and move on. I yeah. suppose is an appropriate thing to Thor. Like, what else are you going to say to it? It's a dumb, fun action movie that elevates the dumb and fun and action to to high levels. Kind of a kind of a home run Marvel year, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like when yeah. like kind of the crappiest Marvel movie that came out was 
Guardians 2, maybe? Yep. Like, yeah. It was like mm-hmm. Guardians 2, like Thor, Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok, and Spider-Man Homecoming. And like all three of those were like... Do you count the X-Men? Because uh, wasn't Logan this year, too? Logan, Logan was, was also year, but he was that was an MCU, but he right. was also 2017. Well, wasn't it? We don't know I anymore. Because uh-huh. it is. It might yeah, be we don't know. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to become, like, do you think they're going to fold it? Okay, so, I mean, we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, right? That now they also own Fox. 20th right. Century Fox. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they, The like, giant Disney behemoth. Yeah, exactly. Trundles. The mouse's hand grows ever, further ever larger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so they uh, can now bring in the X-Men, finally. And the Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic Four. No, the Fantastic Four were Sony, no? No, no, they were. The, oh, yeah, they were the other Fox. But I think, yeah, they were. S- Daredevil, like, Fantastic Four, and X Men were the Fox properties, and they had already gotten back Daredevil because of Netflix. Yeah. Okay, I thought they'd already. Got, I thought they got back Daredevil. Well, not Fantastic because Four. of Netflix, but Marvel was like, "We're going to buy one of them back." And 20th Century Fox was like, "We think we can, we can do we Fantastic can do with Daredevil." Four. But we're like, we're like, we're going to take another crack at this Fantastic Four business. Yeah. Reboot. Gar- Are garbage. They? <laughs> like, I yeah. feel like that's one Disney could go to the table and just forget about it. Especially no, now, no, just just slide them into the MCU as background. Like you don't need to make your own movie; they just can show up around. I would, I would also just like, like love for them to just like cross paths with like the Guardians. The Guardians are being like, you like, that's why we're famous is because you suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like that's why Guardians got the push, right? Like Marvel yeah. was. We just, need a space. Like uh, Disney yeah. was like, who else you got in space? And they were like, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy in space. And I'm like, all right, they're the new space guys. Yeah. And like, but that means they got pushed in the comics and everything. Like yeah. Guardians comics are all over the place too, which was never. No, that happened way before the the movie was even yeah, going no, into but production. I, the the yeah, Annihilation think, War. Uh, yeah, that was I, I feel it was long term when they were like. I think they probably put a push, being like. Guardians are the new space guys because we don't really like. But did that come before or after the movie? It came before the movie, yeah. but I think in preparation even for the movie because Disney. It, it came before the movie, but after Disney had purchased Marvel. Right. Is I'm like, not, I don't even think that's true. Mar- Disney purchased Marvel so long ago, man. The Annihilation Wars was what 2008, like 2004. Mm. Mm. The Nova Core stuff and anyway, yeah. look this up. Fact checking, Scott. Yeah, well, you guys talk amongst yourselves while I. Anyway, yeah, no, Thor Ragnarok was great, and it was yeah. a great movie yeah. for year for MCU. And then now that they can get to bring in the X Men, do you think that do you think that they'll like sneak the X Men somewhere into like maybe Infinity Wars Part Two, or they're just gonna wait for like Phase Three? It could be a huge twist that they show up at, and they save the day in Phase Two of Infinity Wars, and then that gives them the bump, and they could be all new characters, all new actors, and then they set off with that. Do you think that be? Eh, I guess so. That'd be kind of cool. It it would be great, and it also it would be like a high intensity moment. To play the card, you know, right? And but and that's it. But I but I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna throw them into Infinity War, I feel you need to you kind of use the same actors. Like it's this thing about like that like jaw drop moment of like if like Professor X and Magneto like show up as you know themselves. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. But it won't be them because it's going to be. It could be them. No, but they didn't they cancel their contracts. They say they're they're not coming back. Yeah, Patrick Stewart and... Uh, I would um, like to throw giant Mickey Mouse beep, labeled beep, money bags yeah, at you. Do, the do, money truck? I don't know, man. I think... I think If it was for a one-off, you don't think that, like, just for, like, literally, like, if they came in and had to, like, film a week. Literally the next movie, after they made all of that hullabaloo about quitting. I don't know. I, I, I doubt that they would. Money. <laughs> I'm just saying, but it would be, like, a huge... Like, just because having them show up being like, I'm random bald guy. And why, why am I forgetting the actor for Logan? Hugh Jackman. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Do you remember him singing his fucking heart out in Le Miserable? Like, he wants to be a real actor. and He's, he's also closing in on wo- 60, right? Like, yeah. He's done 10 Wolverine movies. Yeah, yeah, It's time. Uh-huh. At least maybe they could... Yeah. Other than... They could bring in McAvoy. Like, they could bring in other, oh, yeah, other yeah, yeah, Professor yeah, yeah, yeah. X. McAvoy they could bring in, they could bring in new First class. Pro- yeah. Yeah, they could bring yeah. in first class era Professor X. Like, so at least for some ID. And then, I mean, I guess the other Marvel universe... Okay, so just to double back on what I was looking up... Uh, the Annihilation storyline was a 2006 crossover storyline published by Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. uh, who were later purchased by Disney in 2009, oh. so three years before the Disney purchase. There's no way the the rise of the Guardians was just pushed by Disney wanting. I mean, to maybe make a maybe space just movie. maybe it wasn't Disney push. It was maybe Marvel realizing the Fantastic Four are lame. <laughs> They're just the lamest. Silver of Age lamer. heroes. I just. Did Fantastic Four ever like? Did you, did it ever do it for you, Scott? Like, I mean, the first 100 issues are written by Stan Lee and drawn by Jack Kirby, and there are the masterpiece of modern comics. But they uh, they could stay there. Like I'm like modern era Fantastic Four. Like they, they they like look and act and are just always like like 
what silver golden age golden age silver 60s. age silver age you gave me one of those books one time a, a, um, a, a fantastic four book and it was all like Cree empire and space crap that i yeah. fucking had no idea what the hell was going on like i appreciate like that's the movie they're gonna make there's gonna be space empires and, and i appreciate the effort and like yeah. i like the, the the why that it's important i mean it's like watching like an old james bond movie you're like oh this is cool for a movie that was made in the 60s right but it was a movie that was made in the 60s. Right, but like, what if they made that movie in... But, like, James Bond doesn't look like James did, Bond anymore. Uh, Man from Uncle. <laughs> and it did very badly, and yeah. no one liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was... And then, and then Guy Ritchie was so turned off, he went to make a terrible King Arthur movie. You, <sighs> said, you didn't say terrible. You said he made a King Arthur movie, question mark? <laughs> no, he made King Arthur a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, I don't... What else were you expecting? I don't know. <laughs> You're like King Arthur by Guy Ritchie, and he's just sort of like, I grew up on the streets in the trailers. I was like, oh, this, this looks like. You really didn't like it. Uh, it soured on me as a. As you thought about it? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a failure of a movie, considering how much money they spent on it. I guess, speaking of uh, Guy Ritchie ishness, Sarah and I finished Peaky Blinders season four. Oh, yeah. It's now on Netflix. All of Peaky Blinders is on Netflix yeah. now, so there's like no excuse. I mean, if there was like, it was kind of tricky to get a hold of for a while. Uh, but yeah, Peaky Blinders, man. I like John. You and I have kind of like begged to differ on Peaky Blinders. In I, the past. I just I, I stopped having fun with it. It was super fun in the first season, and mm-hmm. then it got so in love with how cool it looked, and that it stopped being fun. You didn't even make it to Tom Hardy. No, he showed up briefly. Okay, I, I like I watched part of season two. Yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy's so good. Tom Hardy's back in season four. Hooray. Yeah. Was yeah. he gone for season three? Mm, I think he's less important okay. in season three. I think he pops up towards the end. Uh, yeah, season four gets back to its roots. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's like, cause, uh, if you watch like the series, like season one is just about them, like kind of like the rise of their, uh, yeah. you know, Peaky Blinders. Is yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So we talk like, about it every week. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season one. I heard them. they're going to cross over with Mad Max. Keith's going to die. Oh, I'm so <laughs> into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Season one just was like the, the season that you like had was, had them like kind of like building up their little crime empire sure, in sure. Birmingham. Then like season two kind of got them like kind of like intermingled with sort of like the broader crime families of England. Then season three kind of, I felt like got like went too far where mm-hmm. it kind of had them like getting mixed into like international really stuff, which they then sort of like parlayed back into season four season, like season three has ultimately the, the end of season three is Tommy like paying off the entire family being like, we're basically a legit company now. Mm-hmm. You're all going to get arrested, but it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> and then everybody gets arrested. Huh. And then season four just kind of like kicks off with like him kind of getting everybody out and like not talking to the family anymore because he like kind of... He wants to go straight, quote unquote. Sort of. Like, I mean, he's like going straight with the crooked company, you right. know, and it's right. like the unions are all coming up. But then it turns out that like someone that they killed in season three was like uh, extremely tied in with like the American mob. Uh-huh. Uh, and then introducing Adrian Brody as like a member of the Black Hand, who's like come to like fulfill the vendetta. Wasn't that a character from Indiana Jones? That was Marcus Brody. No, no uh, I'm not. I don't know the name of the character. I'm no. saying actor Adrian Brody. Right. <laughs> like, actor Adrian Brody shows up. The with pianist. The pianist. I don't he's also he's the, the brothers uh, Bloom. Yeah, the brothers oh, Bloom. Oh yeah, that guy. The not Mark Ruffalo and brothers right, Bloom. Right, right, right. The one, the not uh, Owen's brother, not. Uh, other guy in Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. And there's the three of them in Darjeeling Limited, yep. the tall yep. one. Yep. Anyway, he shows up in the very Did bad... Did you say Owen's brother? It's Wilson brother. Wilson brother. Owen Wilson. <laughs> and that other one. What's the other ones? The guy, kid from Rushmore. Luke? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, he's, yeah. He's in the Bill Murray Christmas special. Yeah. Mm. Which hilarious Rushmore, <laughs> the Bill Murray Christmas special, but yeah, um, so Adrian Brody shows up with a very bad Italian accent, being very stupid and badass. Mm-hmm. But like calls the vendetta, so they're like, we're all gonna die. So they need to like, even though they're all living in like palatial estates and whatever at this point, <laughs> they're like, they're like, there's only one place where every man is a soldier, where everybody is on our payroll, where everybody is there. Like we need to go back to Birmingham, hold hold up, and like go to war with the mafia. And <laughs> so it's like. Much simpler, smaller, kind of like they are here to kill us to fulfill their like mafiosa vendetta. We're the piggy blinders. Like, let's just make this work. Um, they introduce some, uh, some, some, some gypsies. Gypsy head gypsy guy is uh, Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> which, which is also just, just, like, just the casting. It's just you're always like, yay! 
like every time like someone shows up. Do you know where is the story behind Peaky Blinders? Like how did how did the show get the money that it has? Because like every actor is a real. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a it's, it's, a, it's a show based with movie actors essentially. Yeah, like yeah. like I don't know. You gotta it must wonder. Be like I think it just had a lot. They probably make a lot of money on the fact that they only do like six episodes. I know it's also apparently like huge in the UK. Like sure, it's apparently sure, sure. like it's big here, but it's like monstrous show. It must be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So really, uh, really good catering tables. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it probably has a pretty sh- tight shooting schedule too. Cause I mean like all these people are like still in movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. they go, they also take like a full page out of, out of Snatch, like a complete and total playbook out of Snatch, which is just sort of like a little wiry pikey who's real good at boxing. Oh, yeah. Like it's just like you're just sort of like you're like that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of like this stereotype, you know. And so Snatch drew upon that. Yeah, exactly. Like that, this, this thing is like, too. exactly, and yeah. just sort of like it, yeah, a a plus the last. I'd say the first thirty minutes of the last episode is like a masterclass of like tension, as like every. Every storyline from the season and, like, some storylines from previous seasons are, like, just, like, coming to a boil at, like, the same time. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and, like, and the other thing that's weird about, like, Peaky Blinders is, like, because of the ridiculous cast is you're never really sure when they're going to, like, pull the trigger and be like, yeah, Killian Murphy has movies to do now. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll just kill him. Yeah. You know? So you're like... I have trouble seeing them kill off Killian Murphy. He's kind of the main character of the well, show. But th- maybe they're going to end the show. Like, I was like, I yeah. also don't, like look in to see if it's renewed i'm like because it, it's also one of those shows where you're like it's gonna just end at some point sure eventually the budget's gonna outstrip the it's also yeah. a british show so we've made 12 we're done yep. yeah exactly looking at you extras <laughs> you know so it's like if you don't know that it's renewed or not and you know that it has like a lot of star power sure. you're like you really don't know who's gonna who's gonna make it and who's not gonna make it so yeah the, yeah, the like the ending of season four was like amazing hmm. like i would i would almost say if you're like if you're like half on the fence about it if you just skip ahead to season four like it's self-contained enough it's the mafia wants to kill them you don't need any previous information you could just jump there but yeah like sarah was like <laughs> like tense she's like i can like i almost want to stop watching it to like calm myself down it's That's like crazy very good a plus piggy blinder season four i look forward Netflix, to so i have to give it another yeah, swing. Yeah. take another spin mm-hmm. what has been going on guys um, watching movies making money more bill murray news i watched the royal tenenbaums which i hadn't seen in forever but so good. fucking wonderful totally stands up like you can tell it's like a little dated you can see that he doesn't have the budget that he had in later movies so there's a lot of shots that are like yeah, a yeah, little but, handy yeah, but it makes it more like quaint it like, does it does it's still super funny the characters are still excellent freaking leans on the set dressing more when you don't have all the money to, to throw at the scenery yeah well, yeah, I mean, like, well, I love that. If, you, if you've seen some of like, the behind-the-scenes footage of Royal Tenenbaum, whatever, how they had to, like, cut all these holes in the walls of the house to get the cameras in, because it is, like, they filmed, like, in yeah. a, like, super cramped New York townhouse situation, right? They were like, oh, yeah, they are like, it's a nice house, but there's no room for, like, a dolly to, like, be, like, <laughs> moving through here. So they had, like, all these holes and stuff. So Plus they, all of his crazy panning shots, you know? Like, all of that has yeah. to be done. With, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. They cut holes through the floors, coals in the walls or whatever. And then they're, like, and then it just became, like, a like an ever-increasing problem to be, like, well, now that can't be, that wall can't be in a shot anymore. Because <laughs> there's, like, out all the hole in it. So, like, so it's just, like, shooting around as they, like, right. cut out this house. Yeah, Royal Denim Bombs. I, I always has been, I would I would say definitely like my favorite of the Wes Andersons. I agree. I agree. Ooh. Like, Ooh, I don't know. Where, where do you else? where where do you go? Like for me, for me, it would it be Tenenbaums, probably then Rushmore, Life Aquatic, then Life Aquatic. I yeah. think. Uh, I think we need a list. I, I don't have all of them in my head right away. The like, Fantastic Mr. Fox is somewhere, but Darjeeling Limited is good. good. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like Moonrise Kingdom that much. I really like Moonrise Kingdom. I couldn't Kingdom. finish it. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I really, really... Uh, man, we're going to clash on this, so... He's making another another animated uh, movie. I think... Film, right? I, don't, I don't know if it gets better than Grand Budapest, because oh, that yeah. movie was like a masterpiece. I it sure was. I like Grand um, Budapest a lot, but I wouldn't... I don't know if I like it more than Royal Tenenbaums. I wouldn't put it above Tenenbaums. Yeah. Like... Everybody's good in the Royal Tenenbaums. Every character is fucking funny and, and like engrossing in its own little unique way, which is like I think p- kind of what he tries to do with big ensemble cast, you know? Yeah, but and I also the thing about Royal Tenenbaums that I feel is like if you've ever had any kind of like like disjointed like family related drama, like yeah. it's like that like cranked up to eleven. It's kind of like what makes it's like a like it it touches me in a similar. 
but like kind of more artistically legitimate place than Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Like it, just, it has like that that similar. You're just sort of like, oh, these people are a mess, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you're just sort of like, and then if you like, like have, have had like family stuff, like. Not necessarily as bad as that. Like to to draw comparisons, your family being like the tenor moms of the blues would be like no, you're but very mean to your it's family. Like crazy things happen, and then yeah. you're like, well, I ju- this is this is my life now. I this just is, have to deal this with this. This is my family, you know, and, and, I just and put up with it. I, everybody can understand that feeling. Who who possibly has grown up? That's with it. Whereas I don't, I don't really feel like I, I hated Rushmore. Rushmore is one of my least. Oh, favorite I love movies. Rushmore. I don't know if I even watched it. Uh, yeah. Jason Schwartzman is the character. Is the actor's Jason name. Jason we did it. <laughs> we did it. Right. Uh, I would uh, say Grand Budapest, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then oh, number two, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I really, really wow. like Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's got a really it's strong are you nostalgic. Cussing, are you cussing at me? Are you cussing at me? It's so <laughs> he's making a new. While you look at the list, he's making a new then, animated film. Then maybe Royal Tenenbaums, but I also really like Moonrise Kingdom. So yeah, I love dogs. You'd put, whoa, hang on. You'd put Moonrise Kingdom over Zizu. I haven't seen Zizou. Oh, it's the only one of his movies no. I haven't seen. Yeah. We might have it here. The Life Aquatic. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. And the soundtrack is a triumph. Yeah. A triumph no, of Portuguese I I just, covers I, of David Bowie music. <laughs> yeah, the, his new movie, I Love Dogs, looks fantastic. It's yeah, another yeah. animated one? What's yeah, the deal? Yeah, it's uh, another, another stop-motion stop animation. animation thing awesome. where it's like in Japan – they just put a bunch of dogs on an island, and then like a twelve-year-old boy like tries to go and rescue his dog. They take all the dogs. Yeah, they, they take all the dogs. Trash heap. Island. Pile them to like trash island. Uh-huh. And then uh, a boy goes to rescue his dog, and all the the scurvy, dirty, scrappy dogs on the island take him along to help him on his quest. Yeah, <laughs> and the, he's a boy. We must help him find his his dog. Right. This is what we do. Exactly. He's that a twelve-year-old boy. Historically, they've been very good to our kind. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, like, eh, twelve-year-old boys and dogs. Like, sounds about right. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. The voice voice acting credits are like a mile long, even by Wes Anderson standards. I think it's like everyone who's ever been in a Wes Anderson movie, and and like luminaries from Japanese cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also a bunch of uh, starring Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Ken Watanabe, Greta Gerwig, Francis McDormand, Harvey Keitel, Liev Schreiber, oh Scarlett God. Johansson, Tilda Swinton. Akira Ito, F. Murray Abraham, Yojiri Noda, Mary Natsuka, Yoko Ono. <laughs> Yoko Ono. <laughs> yeah, A+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you haven't that seen the trailer, fun. we'll watch it after we finish recording. Yeah. Cause, yeah. And you guys should watch it, like, now. Nice. Shut us down. Close well, the window. I mean, I feel, pause us. Like, let's, like, short, short the podcast down. It's not going to get better than we give a fuck? We got the download. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, do we want to rank uh, Tenenbaums? I do. Except I don't have my phone, so I don't know... Uh, I've got a phone. I've, I've got a good kind of zone for okay. it here. I mean, like Tenet. Whoa, you've good. I got a good little zone here. Tenet. I like, I like Tenet Moms. I like Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at that 17, 18, 19 area on the list. So already we're talking top 25. Yeah. Hackers get out. Hook. Mm. I would put it above those three. All right. Yeah. So above that is Terminator 2, and oh, above wow. that is Blade Runner 2049. I, I don't know if I could do that. That's I, I mean, I kind of could. <laughs> Maybe I could. What's up above 2049? Original Terminator, OG Terminator. Conan the Barbarian. A New Hope. Wow. I, 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 I might even be able to put it above A New Hope. <sighs> then Cabin in the Woods? No, it's not it, above A New Hope. Dear. It's not above Conan the Barbarian. It is. Def- it could be, man. It's so good. It's yeah. like so good. Whew. Like I... It has it has like kitsch humor and then is also a good movie at the same time. And, and like, it also like like you said ages like every time I've yeah. watched it I'm like yeah like I'm never like yeah. I never don't want not I ever don't not want to watch it. That's a, sticking with that. Uh-huh. But yeah no I mean I would above Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's 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 probably. I'm like yeah All I would right. I I can concede. It, putting it in that number thirteen spot, above Conan the Barbarian, below just, just Star Wars. Just Star Wars. Wars? I think yeah. that's. I'm alright with that. I agree. Zingo Zongo. Star Wars, Conan the Barbarian. That's what you said, man. I know. So <laughs> I know. Slotting, <laughs> slotting it into number thirteen, a really high placement. It's mm-hmm. true. That's a but really it's good a fucking movie. great movie. It's like a the really, really good movie. I think it also had like a bit of his style was super fresh at the time. Like you just didn't really know yeah. that I, he was making movies I, in that way. I went to go see uh, Royal Tenenbaums in theaters. And I went to go see it with like a large group of people. We were all, I guess, what, when did it come out? I guess probably early 2000s. Yeah. Like 2001, mm-hmm. 2002. And it was like, so we were all like, like 
early college, like late high school kids going to see it. And I was like, like gleeful, like the entire time. And like, I was like, oh my God, guys, did we just see the best movie ever or what? And like, everyone was like, that movie was awful. Really? Like that was terrible. Like they're like, it was just dumb. And I was like, and if you notice, I don't have a podcast with any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, literally like, I was like, oh, you guys are. Well, I mean, we're you're not those a, people. We're not on the same page at all. I, <laughs> like, I want to be clear. Like, World Turn and Bottoms is not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. And I started off looking in top 20. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm ready to accept the craft and, and the greatness <laughs> of that movie compared to other movies. Yeah. But that's Just it. But, in, in his catalog, it's not Yeah, mine. but that's it. It was like a group, like a, a, the entire group of people, I think except for like one girl was mm. like, who was like kind of into it. And then I was like, I'm into you. <laughs> And then, uh, you know what's another good one like that is the Big Lebowski. Like if you don't get, if you don't find the Big Lebowski stuff. funny, there's like, You've like yeah. this is a, there, you're on a different planet. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, but that's it. But it was like it wasn't just that they didn't think it was funny. They were just like they were like that was a bad movie. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like just like you could literally watch Royal Tenenbaums on mute and be like this is a beautiful like music video or yeah. whatever. Like if you like played Royal Tenenbaums on mute and played like some nice music in the background, you'd be like, this looks fine. Like this looks I don't okay. Know, I, I like. I'm West not saying Anderson it would be, like, style. as good. I'm just saying, but, like, just visually, yeah. it, like, it looks great. Like you, yeah. you might have some of the enchantment of the Grand Budapest Hotel leaking back in, because this was still early in his in his. Style. I don't know. He I like the house. Like I said, a lot of the house. Like, the house shots, like, up the stairs and all that stuff. There's Wonderful. a lot of very... Where's my where's my boar? Yeah. What does he call it? And he walks by. Yeah. So boar gets I, think, yeah. I think the, the, the line from Royal Tenenbaums that, uh, like, I use, like, all the time is the, the when he's like, um, there he goes. Like <laughs> when, when, uh, when Owen Wilson's just like freaking out on like was he yeah. a peyote or something like he just there oh, he what goes was. Yeah. yeah but then he drives into the house yeah exactly when he smashes into the car and just like reaches up at the camera and, or like reaches up at the balcony and just <laughs> runs pagoda there he goes uh yeah, yeah. pagoda and he just stabs Royal <laughs> and then just picks him up <laughs> yeah a plus so good. A plus. Gene Hackman, man, killing it. Every scene he's in, he's like despicable and funny. He's like, it's just, he's, it's like a tour de force of great state of, of like screen performance. His retirement from film has actually left a hole. There's no more Gene Hackman? There's no, no more Gene Hackman. He, like, he retired like Sean Connery did. Like just, yeah. that's it. I'm old. I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah okay, oh, no, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. He retired like Sean Connery did after doing films like Royal Tenenbaum, whatever. Not Sean Connery like did The League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen and retired from film. Gene Hackman, I think, kind of like went out on a better, like on a better note. <laughs> like, he didn't like torpedo his career with like LXG and like a gazillion other terrible Sean Connery the, movies. The fucking scene where he's talking to his wife and he's like, "I'm, I'm dying." And she, she's, she starts crying. It's so good. She's so serious. The, her anger is just dissipated, and he can see in his face. He's like, uh, I'm not really dying. It's just uh, uh, magical. Hey, super good. Yep. Uh, speaking of magical pieces of cinema, I saw Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. And? Like, Oscar, I hear good things. It, okay. So, like, I mean, like, I was excited to see it when I saw the trailers. I was like, well, oh, I don't like, know the first thing about it. The, uh, Guillermo del Toro directs, like, a Creature from the Black Lagoon kind of romance film. Imagine wow. if Imagine okay. if Abe Sapien from his Hellboy movies was the romantic lead. Yeah, uh, exactly. He? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, exactly. So, I was just, like, watching this, and I was like, oh, okay. And, like, set, like, a period piece, like, set in the 60s. Like, government scientists, like, find an amphibious man and... They're like, and then like he falls in love with like the cleaning lady at the government facility. So I was just like right away, like just from the trailers, I was like Guillermo del Toro, like directing like quirky romantic creature feature. I was like, like, hooray, sign me up. I was like done. And then the Oscar nominations came out a couple weeks ago, Uh and it's nominated for thirteen Academy Awards. Guillermo del Toro creature feature, and not just like the technical ones. Like there's like uh, I think Michael Shannon's up for like best supporting actor. Like the lead is up for like best actress. Like like acting and writing awards and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I was like, I need to go go see this. Did it deliver? Um, yes, I. Don't know if it delivered to thirteen Academy Awards, mm-hmm. but it's like it's amazing. It's like it's magical. It's engrossing visually. It's like super good. It also like it just appealed particularly to me because I just finished playing the Bioshock, <laughs> uh, like the, the Bioshock Burial at Sea underwater thing. So like the right. aesthetic is like 
like more like kind of like 50s ish than 40s but mm-hmm. like straight up like retro futurism in the like government facilities and like huh. they're playing old music on the records and there's an amphibious man there's a lot of water stuff and i was like it's like bioshock so i was like extra into it but yeah visually amazing performances are great like all who, across who the else other than michael shannon uh i can't remember who plays the gay artist friend the gay artist friend is like someone recognizable Mm -hmm. the lead is someone completely unrecognizable but she's amazing in it like she plays a um uh, she plays a mute who is not deaf she's just a mute right she plays like a a mute woman or whatever who ends up falling in love with uh, the amphibious man man. yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah super like whimsical romantic like it's a pretty it's like an upbeat because you could do this whole thing as like a dark yeah. sci-fi well, dystopian it gets angle. like pretty dark like michael shannon is like the 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 plays like reprises his role as like super serious g-man mm-hmm. like from borlock empire i like, thought you were gonna say from superman <laughs> no <laughs> what are you you were about to, did you have a fact on it scott you look like you had a you were like leaning no things. i got the list lined up because when we're going to start to rank it I'll oh okay it. uh yeah, Based on what you're saying, I've been scrolling up and scrolling back down again. <laughs> I don't know where it's gonna go. Where's it gonna go? Uh, yeah, um, kind of has like a like a little bit of a dark twist. Like, and it's also it does, especially when you know like Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really know if it's gonna have a happy ending because oh, like Pan's Labyrinth style. Pan's like, you're, yeah. you're just sort of like you're like oh like like she's like I'm going to like smuggle him out of the facility and like set him free. Uh-huh. You're like this could go well. <laughs> Or it could go horribly. Like, this is a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, we don't yeah. know which way he's going to, like, which way the scales are going to, like, tip back right. and forth. Um, yeah, but, like, super, super engaging. The effects, the guy looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the amphibious man looks, like, perfect. Looks like a real honest-to-goodness honest merman uh-huh. kind of around. Yeah. Uh, Michael Shannon has this thing where early on in the film, his character gets his two of his fingers bit off. And then they, like, they have it reattached. And his fingers just get, like, blacker and kind of grosser. That's amazing. As, like, the movie progresses. And it's just, like, every scene you're like, no. <laughs> like, like, oh, there's a gross – This like, I don't want to spoil it too, too much, but there's yeah. a gross scene where he goes home to have sex with uh, January Jones uh, reprising her role as Betty Draper. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the G-Men from Boardwalk Empire goes home bangs to – Betty Draper. Bangs Betty Draper. And, like – He's like trying to be like, don't speak, don't speak, and just like puts his hand on her mouth with, with like the, the gross dead fingers. fingers. And we're like, yeah, we're like, stop it, Michael Shannon. <laughs> like, stop. Seriously, it. January, don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, keep your mouth shut. It's so gross. Yeah, uh, but really, really good. And I mean, certainly like the editing and it's Guillermo del Toro to the max. Like, it's like a, it's kind of a, like answers the question of like. What if Guillermo del Toro like didn't have to worry about like a budget or whatever, and like nothing stopped him from achieving his vision? Hmm. Like no scene looks bad. Like you could, it's one of those, a la Wes Anderson. Like you could he take, a, you good, could take yeah. a still frame of anything and be like, print, like yeah. make a poster. Awesome, right. very good. I'm, I'm just gonna start with the middle of the list. Uh, better than right Star now, Wars: Force Awakens. Sitting right now at number fifty-four is the Bad Batch. Mm. We can go like, above. So so much higher. Man, than the that. Bad like, Batch like, is I'm not like, a good I'm, movie. I'm thinking definitely into like the twenties. All right, well, let's go to number 37, 36 is Arrival and Ex Machina. Above that, it's and like... then it's Princess Mononoke, Funeral Kings. Oh. Coraline, it, it's above it. That's Next up is Stand By Me at number 30. It's above Logan. Logan's number 25, 26. I would put it the... just outside of Don't Breathe. So sliding into that Maybe number. a little higher. Right underneath Hook. Above? So above Don't Breathe, below Hook. Sliding into that spot. Adjusted now at number... You're just put, just, 19. Number. Yeah. You're, you're going to put in Shape J- of Water. Just below Hook. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Definitely. So I mean, does like, I, 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 I feel that like I might shove it a little higher, but like... It gets into really good movies at that point. <laughs> it's just like, it's like I said, it's, like it's go- tough when it's a new movie competing with a with a classic. That yeah, you, exactly. That is that's, that, that's it. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I will say that, like I said, I was like, I don't know if it's. But then again, I was like, other other than Get Out, which I mean, also had, I think only hit, had the one, but it's also nominated for Best Picture. They're they're going against each other for Best Picture. They're talking about making one. another one, eh? Yeah. Don't breathe. Hmm. Apparently, a pre a prequel. I think Get Out or a sequel. Hmm. Like I think it might be like the older family. Like it might be the. 
Anyway, get out. Oh, I rewatched um, uh, Being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Malkovich. I had watched Don't Breathe, Malkovich. and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I bet this is tied Don't Breathe or Get Out? Uh, get Out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm confusing them. But anyway, <laughs> the... Um, Okay, whatever. I'm still I'm still going to tell the story. Go I watched it. it. It was fucking great, man. It's so dark. It's so like all of the characters are terrible people yeah. more than I remember. And like they're good enough terrible people that they would be entertaining in their own right without the bizarre supernatural mm-hmm. kind of element to it. Who directed Spike Jones. Spike yep. Jones, there you go. I was like I was like I was like I know it's a, I know it's one of the dudes. <laughs> like I know it's like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I remember, love that movie. Uh-huh. I love that I, movie. I, like it's it's surprising they get character like John Cusack who's like at that at that point I think was still mostly doing pretty boy romantic stuff and he's like yeah. a gross hair fucking all messed up out of the place. Same you, thing you with you get um, to go inside John Malkovich's mind for like a while and then you get like spit out next to the interstate. Next to the interstate. <laughs> next to the interstate. <laughs> hey Malkovich, think fast. <laughs> like that was around the same time as Tenenbaums, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, it was right around early there. whatever. And I remember I think like. Possibly, maybe there was a trailer for it at Tenenbaums because I remember those same people that I went to go see Tenenbaums with, and I would like watch the trailer for that and was like, "Oh, I'm into this," and everyone being like, "Why would you go see that movie? This looks like an insane person." Well, the advertising was out of control for it. Remember, it had all of the advertising that was like instruction manuals, the the yeah, like yeah, human yeah. going through the pipe and the like yeah. whatever, like all of it that just didn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we super, I, I can't even remember like other other than the basic premise of you go a, through the little door, go through the little yeah. door, and go into John Malkovich's. Well, the, the the like premise is is like kind of good storytelling too, right? You have John Cusack who's playing the like Weasley guy who who discovers this thing. Mm-hmm. You have the like incredibly dominating woman from his office, right? The like super office bitch who tries to like take control of this thing and whatever. And then his wife, who's incredibly, I guess, submissive, but not submissive in the sexual sense she's just like not an aggressive character type you right. know and then he's like torn between the two of them he he loves the other one sexually and then he possesses john malkovich while she is sleeping with john malkovich and she only loves him when he has the the like internal power to act free which because he's a puppeteer he only does when he's in charge of someone else yeah so she'll only sleep with him with him in malkovich yeah i don't know man it's just like the level of crazy could have stopped at the pipe you know and it went up to this whole crazy <laughs> yeah. sex triangle thing and then the girls falling in love with each other also in that scene yeah, yeah. like it's, it's nuts Love it. And it all happens on the, what do you call it, like the, the eighth and a half floor? The what? eighth and a half floor. <laughs> and and there also was that kind of element of <laughs> the them. Stop, just crowbar it open. <laughs> like, there you go. <laughs> the um, they, they have that element that's similar to um, Get Out of like preparing vessels to take you so that you can become immortal. You know, yeah. like that was also there. It was like the old guy from the building was like going to put all of his friends into John Malkovich's head. Yeah. Yeah. I... Think we gotta rank this movie? Yeah, we totally do, and I, I'm, I'm like happy I remembered. I'm looking at Get Out. I think it's above Get Out. I, yeah, like Get Out was a great movie, but Get Out is currently at number nineteen. Oh, that's pretty high. Yeah, we have Get Out very high. Below it is good. Hook, and above it is Hackers. But didn't we just jam? No, no, no we jammed that way up. Shape of Water's underneath that. Yeah. I thought I put hook and don't breathe territory. See, so you, you're confusing. Get out with don't no, breathe. No, 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 because it goes it goes get out hook don't breathe. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it goes get out hook shape of water. Don't right. breathe. We right. just said this. <laughs> oh my god, Scott! <laughs> don't. Oh my god! It's not like I wrote it down. Oh, I know, Scott. <laughs> hmm. Friggin' list Nazi over here. <laughs> no, they're just numbers in order. Uh. I kind of see it like in resolution territory. Yeah. Like which is not which is not much lower. No. Like where's resolution? Resolution is currently at number twenty three. Yeah. And what's um, above it? Don't breathe. And below it is Thor Ragnarok. Wow. <laughs> wow. I would say maybe even a a little bit lower. Like I don't know if I want to put it above Logan, which I really, really liked. I would put it above Logan in a heartbeat. The list is going crazy, guys. How do you compare a movie like Logan with a movie like being John Malkovich? It's tough. By saying Malkovich is better. <laughs> That's how you it do was. it. It was. <laughs> Otherwise, what are we even doing? <laughs> uh. All right, well, then I guess we can climb up to like above John Wick Chapter 2. Yep. Yep. Above Guardians 2. Yep. 
Absolutely. I think it jumps then, to sequels. It jumps right into the good movies. Then, That's what I was then saying. Then it's Thor Ragnarok. And Resolution and Shape of Water. I just said Resolution, man. <laughs> that was like I, would, I would put it above Resolution and below The Shape, Shape of Water. Water. Yeah. If, if you... But I think that, you, that, that'd probably be right. Okay. Right. That's okay. We did it, y'all. Yep. I meant to talk about video games. Yeah, let's do it. that's going to happen. Well, I just want to jam in one movie really quick because right. we talked about it a little bit, John and I. I saw the new Flatliners remake. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The home. new Flatliners remake. Well, you well, mean the Flatliners. Flatliners. Remake. Flatliners 2017. Starring mm-hmm. Canada's own Ellen Page. Yeah. It's, it's oddly, oddly a horror movie. Wasn't well, I mean, the oh, first one? What do you mean one? oddly? Yeah, Flatliners is a horror movie, man. Well, no, it's kind a tension of. movie. It's a tension movie. Yeah. But they did some of that like insidious, there's a ghost behind the person who's talking head just being creepy. Okay. Kind of scary stuff. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about it because it's basically a group of people who die on purpose and then brought themselves back and it gives them... But then spooky ghosts come and they get powers and shit. Yeah. Uh, come on, this was great. I fucking love Flatliners. <laughs> at, at the end of the movie, I said, huh. That was a new Flatliners. So how does it compare it. to OG Flatliners? Yeah, we didn't you own a copy of the OG Flatliners? Like I, when we were living together, we watched it maybe a couple of times. I had like six hundred VHS tapes, something just like kind that. Kind of floated around. But um, answer the question. Like before you rank it, I just want to know: like, was it was it worth watching that, or should I just go back and watch Flatliners? No, you should go back and watch the original. Uh, the new one doesn't add anything to it, and none of the performances stand out. Hmm. And. It kind of had a production quality problem. Really? Where, like, the acting or the, even the, the cinematography just looked like a TV episode. It kind of, it looked like... To the point where I was talking, I saw it on a Friday, and on a Sunday, I was like, hey, Riss, what was that movie we watched on a Friday? We watched <laughs> like it even together. The, the trailer kind of looked like you were like, it could have easily been like, coming this fall on Fox, Flatliners. Yeah, it looked yeah. like they <laughs> you just, know, you're just sort of like, oh. like they kind of raided the Grey's Anatomy set for... A couple of weekends and made this movie. Mm. It's unfortunate. How's Ellen? It's Ellen nice to see her in movies. Like I feel like she's been doing movies that people don't watch for a little while. Maybe. I think I honestly <laughs> exactly maybe. <laughs> no, I mean I feel. I miss that- her from Trailer Park Boys. No, but I mean I feel that Ellen Page kind of hit the hit the Inception money and then like was like I'm just gonna do some other stuff now and then just like. Once you have that payday, you're... Do you think fun. she really had that big a payday? I doubt that she made more than a couple million, and that's not... No way she made a couple million for that. No way she made seven figures for Inception. Zero she... chance. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's no way she made seven figures working she did for that, Christopher uh, Nolan. She like, that you, you wouldn't retire on a million dollars, right? I kind of would. I might. Mm-hmm. This doesn't go that but, far. But she was not... She was not even the third biggest name in that movie she's way down the list she's like the third the sixth third fourth fourth biggest name. Look, it's a it's a huge yeah yeah oh dicaprio then, and michael Caine and no, killian murphy and tom hardy yeah. tom hardy like the, she was not up there joe gordon levitt yeah ken watanabe no yeah maybe yeah yeah, yeah. so it's I'd like say i put alan over ken <laughs> all of asia would disagree with you <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, but then she did that Vice, that Vice series, the um, ah, Gaycation. Gaycation? Yeah. Where, okay. like, her and her gay buddy, like, went and did gay things Still together. wasn't six-figure paycheck. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that was 100% a passion project or whatever. Like, yeah. that, that was super cute. Was okay, we're really getting away from the important stuff, which is, like, how John good Flatliners is. I'm uh, thinking I'm looking below at... Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at this, like... Mordecai. 70s... Ghost in the Shell, well, Kickboxer Vengeance if, area. If we go down to the, the the other needless remake on the list, kind of sequel, we have Let's Do the Time Warp Well, that again. is the very last, the very film, last on film on the list. No, it it tells the story it was trying to tell. It, it's okay. not a pointless yeah, it's, it's I'm looking disaster. at like the other needless remake, Kickboxer Vengeance, mm-hmm. uh, around that area. That's uh, Okay, but you, that, that's still above like Hellboy. Hellboy was pretty bad. If you go back and rewatch it now, the, it is we're, we're not seeing a so movie bad. that doesn't need to exist. Well, that's well it's better than Cropsy. Fuck, man. <laughs> was it better than Crush Groove? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, <I>, you <laughs> can eat. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to put it above Kickboxer Vengeance and below Moana. 
in that. That's about, above Rush. 75. That's 76. above Ron Howard's Rush. Yeah, that's around that's around where it goes. In the in the 80s things get really weird you on know, this list. Every time somebody talks about Ron Howard and he comes into my mind, I'm just like excited by how much of a disaster it sounds like Solo is going to be. Oh, it's man. funny to me. I just I don't have anything to add to I'm that like, subject. I'm, I'm also, we talked like, about it so much last podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. Well, the trailer came out in between last podcast. Oh yeah, and podcast, that did, that so did like, happen. Yeah, and, and it's like a 45 second trailer that shows nothing. Nothing has like the lead actor like saying one line. He's just like, they're like, oh, you want to be a pilot? He's like, I'm going to be the best pilot. It's the worst line though. It's <laughs> like it's so, it's so corny. And, and I'm like, and, the, and here's the other thing. This is like uh, so much, so much bugs me about this. Just like the whole entire project is I was like. I talked about this with Scott coming up. Like, first of all, naming it Solo. I was like, I hate the fact that, like, yes, you get it. Solo, it's his name. But, like, you can't draw attention to it. It's like no one in the movies ever stops and you're like, hey, you know what's a weird last name? Skywalker. That's a weird last name. And yeah. then they all happen to be, like, space heroes. Bippity-doo. And, and whatever. Yeah, yeah like, Thronkar. don't draw attention to these yeah. dumb it's, names. It's also not thematically appropriate because it's obviously him and his gang of friends. Like, when is he ever solo? He's, he's not by himself. He's never solo. Yeah. He always has Chewie at the very least. <laughs> like, and, and the, the other thing, too, where he's like, I'm going to be the best pilot in the world. I that's was like, also not him. But that's also not him. I was like, yeah. again, it's like one of those like unspoken things. Like, is Han Solo the best pilot in the world? Like, no. No, but, he's not. But kind of, like, he's very he good. He could be great. No, Luke but it's and not, Wedge and even Biggs Darklighter are all better pilots. pilots than him. Fighter pilots. Oh, I, oh great. So he's the best freaking... Okay. Airline pilot. The key thing here is that it was not, it's it. not part of his character. He's not about the space fighting stuff. He's like but, about being the rogue, you know? But like but on top of that too, but I was just sort of like I I always just felt that his character was like like weirdly like cocky but not braggadocious. And like, he was never wanted to be like he was he just is sort of, pretty. but he wasn't like I am the best person. He's like I'm the guy who can do that for you. Right. You know he's not. You know what I mean? Like there's like a difference. Like absolutely cocky, absolutely full of himself. Mm-hmm. Like without a doubt. But like you know, not like, not aggrandizing himself past his limitations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He would just like exactly. He wouldn't be like I'm the best pilot in the world. He'd be like I made the castle run in under twelve parsecs. You dumb idiot child. Right. Like you know like. It's, anyway, it's just terrible. It's more about, like he puts down people and, for not no, knowing no, no. who he when, is instead when, of putting himself. Yeah, up. when he says that, it's not. He's bragging. It's when Luke challenges his credibility. Yeah, exactly. Because like, who is this guy? He's like, you should have already heard of me. Like, it's like he doesn't. I don't know. I just like, hey, you know, there's there's a world where that's the solo at the start of the movie, and at the end of it, he's gained some maturity. But I am perhaps giving a little bit too much credit to this this process. Oh my goodness, it just looks super bad. It it does not look good. Oh my goodness, Donald Glover as Lando looks so perfect. It I just I hope so if anything happens in this movie, I just hope it's a Lando spin-off. The Lando spin-off for its own. <laughs> just super badly want it. And yeah, I, I, my 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 on Netflix, so it's a series. Yeah, my Atlanta season two is starting up. <laughs> Atlanta season? Um, huh? What is starting up? Atlanta season two. Donald Glover's show. You should watch. Critic it. Critically, it's so good. So good. So very. What funny. is it? It's a. Uh, it's a comedy set about uh, Donald Glover's character, Earn, who is trying to get his cousin, Paperboy, as a hip-hop artist, kind of more famous. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, like, very, like, kind of, like, abstract. And uh, there's, like, abstract jokes. There's, like, meta jokes. There's, like, it's very... So it's, like, stand-up kind of? No, 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 no. no. It's, a, it's, a, it's, like, a show. Okay. It's, like, about a thing. Like, it has characters, and they're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to accomplish things. Right. But, like, a lot of stuff gets, like... Like Justin Bieber is a black person in this universe, even though he's clearly Justin Bieber, and like, uh-huh. it's like, it's, but like, it's very weird. <laughs> like, there's, but it's just like, and you're just expected to accept that this character is Justin Bieber. Like, just huh. yeah, real good, A plus, interesting. Uh, yeah, good. I hope Lando gets his own show. Well, hold <laughs> on. Like, he, the, he also could be totally. If they put shit dialogue in front of him. He's going to say shit well, but, dialogue. But apparently the disaster, the disaster of the movie is the solo kid. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. apparently the worst part about it. Like, I mean, I can't imagine, what's her name? Daenerys is the worst. Like, she's not the worst as Daenerys. I mean, like, she's, she, a, she's, she's a little TV actor. Like, I guess, but, I, but yeah. I feel that she would still be, like, serviceable in any role. Yeah, like, I don't she think was she, okay in the Terminator movie when she was playing Sarah Connor. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think, like, she would be the problem. I don't think Donald Glover would be the problem. But, I mean, if your main actor is, like, a cardboard garbage town. Hayden Christensen? What? Um. No. Yeah, Hang on. Craig Christensen was a major part about why the prequels sucked. Like that was a big, big part of it. Was but he's also guy. not a terrible actor, right? Yeah. Like, he, like I don't think they really knew he wasn't getting good direction. And well, no, he, nobody was yeah, getting. Nobody good was getting good direction. They made like 
they made like Liam Neeson acting acting opposite like Ewan McGregor look like garbage. And yeah. I was like, they, those two guys should just be able to like sit there and just like hammer out a few lines and it would look fine. But like somehow you should have it. fun. They um, sh- they can deliver lines so that you'll have fun just listening to the two of them talk. Yeah, you know? and exactly. Yeah. I bet there's all kinds of stuff on the cutting room floor of them actually nailing takes and having that hammered out of them. No, 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 well, no. so uh, uh, here we are talking about the prequels Star Wars again. again. <laughs> the, um, there's a great shot of, of um, George working with, I forget what his, his like post guy is, but they're sitting next to each other and he's like directing him on how to use the mouth from one take with the eyes from another take. Right Ugh. on Hayden Christensen, and then there's even a line in the film where he walked out of the movie and was like, "I never said that line. That n- those <laughs> words never came out of my mouth." And he was like freaking out about it. And then he went back to George, and it was because he had cut together two different takes. Franken Franken digitized the mouth and then put the sound, so it made him speak the, that, that line. Like you can really go back to George. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, exactly. This is awesome. Anywho, speaking all right. Of, yeah. Let's tell me about the video game you're playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear about old, this. It's an older game, uh, but I finally picked How it up. How old? Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, Super Meat Boy. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you so beat from, it? Okay, well, wait, wait. Yeah. That's from the documentary, right? The um, It isn't, yeah, in the, the, the indie game, the documentary yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, Super Meat Boy. Ooh, I, I know this. Ooh, I know these things. Uh, Edmund, what's his face? The guy who know. made... Uh, Binding of Isaac after we made Super Meat Boy mm-hmm. um, so yeah I picked up Super Meat Boy I think it's possibly because we made sausage last week and we were just like handling just <laughs> a lot giant of meat. chunks of meat and I was like Meat Boy it was always on my to-do list mm-hmm. uh, so far I 100%ed World 1 Light World Dark World uh, and I'm about to 100% World 2 Light World Fair. Dark World and like the Dark World stuff doesn't mess around almost right none away. None of it messes around. It's yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah, none of the game messes around. If you're mm-hmm. not familiar with this, you play a tiny little meat man and then you run around on a level and everything you touch kills you. <laughs> like and it's you need to be like lightning fast. I mean, have you played it? Have you like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played I've played quite a lot and I've watched people play the, the, the top have you, did you ever get to any of the glitch levels? No. Okay. I, I I didn't play it enough to get out of the world one, so. Okay. So anyway, there's there's a glitch level like just because this game is like a monster mm-hmm. like in order to get 100% in world 1 there's a glitch level like world 1 level 1 you can get to a glitch level like and the glitch levels are like the hardest of the various warp zone levels right. the glitch levels are just awful and it's just like like you get to parts and you're just looking at these squares and you're just like I don't even know how to get across this section and yeah. it's just like jump off the wall bounce flip over the spike pull yourself in bounce off bounce forward and like yep. and then nail it and then you just like get to a little corridor and it's just raining razor blades like falling from the thing you're like and I need to bounce up the walls like oh my goodness like, and it, it never changes the controls right it's always just jump and left and right and yeah run, although you know? to be one thing I dislike is that there are some uh, so you have like you have to find bandages to unlock mm-hmm. there are some bandages that you can only unlock with like hidden characters mm-hmm. which I dislike I was like I feel that like some hidden characters might be able to make it like easier. Like, uh, what do you call uh, Commander Video from the 8-Bit Runner game yep. is an unlockable character. And he has a little like hover for like a, a split second. But mm-hmm. he's a lot slower than Meat Boy. Uh, so... What, what Keith hasn't explained about this game is that it's a side-scroller platformer. Side-scrolling 2D platformer. And the, the like... The di- a la Mario Brothers. A la Mario Brothers. The distance in time between I have fucked up and I'm dead and I'm starting to play again is like a nanosecond. Like, you die and you're just right away back at the start. Yeah, and which so, is super important, actually. It's super important. Because you're, you're, like, you're, you're going to take, like, like, no joke, hundreds of shots at a level. Like, this, gl- yeah. this glitch level, is, this is the first time... I don't even know in how long. Like, I was playing, Sarah had, like, uh, Sankaset or whatever, along with Sankaset, and I was just like, I'm just going to get into Meat Boy. And I got into this glitch level. I had to go to bed without beating it, which was, like, <laughs> frustrating to me. Because it's like, because you also know that to beat the level is under a minute. Like, yeah, de- the levels definitely. are never longer than a couple screens. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. So you know that, like, you're like, I just need to be perfect for 30 seconds. <laughs> like, and and that's, do it. But that <laughs> is the challenge, just to be, like, perfect. <laughs> like, it, it takes the mantra, the, this, the motto of Nintendo Hard. Oh, yeah. like it harder, into it. harder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like significantly harder than anything. I mean, except for the fact that you have unlimited continues. Yeah, but like I don't know if anything will compare to like the original Kid Icarus. You know, like getting to the later levels and it's yeah. But that was just a, that was like a lack of continues, though. But like if yeah. if a game like Meat Boy, if Meat Boy had like permadeath, it would be like yeah, it would be that. It would be that. Yeah, yeah exactly. The only thing that it doesn't is it lets you just like restart, 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 yeah. restart. But yeah, just hitting that glitch level, like my hands were like <laughs> cramped up because it's just like. So fast and so precise, and the thing that it does, two things I think that like make it even like playable, is one the instantaneous respawn. Like mm-hmm. we're just like I screwed up, boom again, like boom again, and then like, you just like get into it. No, like you died. It's just like, 
and you're right back in the thing. Yeah. One thing that's a like, sub footnote to that point, because you're made of meat, you like splash into a little bit of blood, and when you restart the level, the blood's still there. So it's like when you're like grinding on a level, the thing is just covered in blood, and you're like, <laughs> "That's my blood." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, "I have blood to get through this level." Kind Fun of, game though. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the other one is the fact that like the controls are like, like so, not necessarily tight because like you kind of have like a little like, float on the run, but mm-hmm. like so consistent, I guess. Yep. That like it's that you always when you die. It is always because your fingers were not fast enough. It's never the game being like it's never bullshit on the game's part. You're like, yeah, you put you put the wrong button and you missed your timing. That yeah. is that is why you died. Like it, it's never like I unfair. Mean, it's a platformer that's that's you know insanely difficult. Everything is about the game, the physics of the platform. Yeah, and exa- it does it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. It's it's you're never like like if you like like it's one of those like weird games like even at like. Uh, like literally a hundred shots into a level and you're like even close you're like whoop whoop and like you stumble off and like you'll scream but like you'll also kind of laugh because you're like I know that I did that like I know I know what I had to do and I know that I failed (laughs) like it's not like it's not like Invisible Brick Mario World where you're like no get out of here game like you're just a garbage town (laughs) sucks worse than Ann Coulter yeah exactly none of that yeah it's super fun I mean like I I'm certainly not gonna like platinum. Have you seen like the trophies on it? Oh yeah, they're crazy. Oh, like yeah. like they're like get through like world one without dying. And I'm mm-hmm. like, get out of here. But so far, yeah, I've fa- a pl- a plus and all bandages in world one and world two, light world and dark world. Mm-hmm. And the dark world is just like it's like a remix of the level, but harder. <laughs> like the level that you just beat. So to unlock the dark world, you need to get an A plus on light world, and mm-hmm. then you unlock a dark world version of the game of the so are you a plus all of those or you just beat all of those uh, a plus all of those okay. yeah exactly yeah, so i have a plus light world and dark world for both world one and two mm. and I th- i'm at 96 percent on world two i don't know what i need to do I'm missing do we have time to talk about gloomhaven uh yeah sure do this is like brand spanking new in terms of board games like so ki- I, I just want to present the the story yeah of how i found out about gloomhaven okay. i came over here and there was a game a box bigger than any game box I've ever seen yeah. called Gloomhaven. It was like, so like, think about like a, an Arkham Horror box or like a, a normal big box game. Yeah. And then I think Twilight Imperium. And it's then this it's is like bigger than Twilight Imperium box, yeah. man. It's like two or three Twilight Imperiums. Yeah, Unless it's the like, new one. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. It's almost almost the size of like walking in, I would say, of like, let's say like four Arkham Horror boxes, like left, right, and then up, down. Or the almost. size of a small microwave. You sure. Know? It's, it's a, a bigger than a bread box. Bigger than a bread box. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what the shit is this? And you said, great game. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> um, you have like a huge number of cardboard, like really thick cardboard dungeon tiles that you right. can assemble into a map. And then you have uh, the bottom of the box, essentially. The whole thing is just different characters that have different uh, little standee icons. Then everyone gets their own little box that has character cards, level-up abilities, like paper to write down the level and the XPs and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you're, the game that you buy has a map inside of it. And then the map represents a world that is expanded by adventuring parties going in the world. So you can run multiple parties with people, each playing their own version of one of the characters, traveling around in there, unlocking different levels. And then you get little stickers that come off of a sticker sheet and you put it on the map wherever it's like that's like a legacy element it has a legacy element to it and then furthermore like you start the game only allowed to play six of the character classes and then when when you pick when you first play a new character you draw like a character quest for that character and that quest might take you 10 or 15 or 30 games to complete but when you do it unlocks one of the other character classes so you have like an element of like retiring characters and picking up new ones to go and unlock new cool. whatever so been playing it with debbie all week and it's like fun as fuck it's it's like very complicated but once you get it it goes pretty but it doesn't quick. necessarily sound any more complicated than say like buying a couple of core D D books and like you know like it, it seems like in a yeah. sense like almost a a, a self-contained role-playing game it, without a dm it very <laughs> much is a self-contained D&D, but like it's very heavy you know like when we say D game all of the non-dungeon elements are like one card that you draw that's like a choice a or b on the road one yeah. one card that's like a city event that's like a choice a or b and other than that it's just the dungeon so very much that is the focus but it's still like being you, you do a lot of stuff on your turn that is like you create an element with your attack and then anybody else on the board can use that element to combo and boost up their own stuff so you play a game of like one character putting out this one element this other character using it and then also allowing this other guy to do a thing and it's um when you guys played do you play two players or do you like control multiple characters we did both we played it each with our own one character and each with two and the problem is that like you have a lot to think about and you have you, you have a hand size that's about 10 cards that every character has yeah. each of those cards is a unique power to the character and then 
every card is divided into two. So you have like the attack power option mm -hmm. and the movement power option on each card. And then your turn when you play it is you put the attack power from one card with the movement from another card. So really you have a hand size that's about 20 cards and every one of them can be mixed and matched with each other. Every one of them also has the opportunity. So, Good. Uh, just like a quick question. Like I've always found just using like Arkham Horror as a base where people yeah. are like, oh, Arkham Horror is so complicated. I'm like, it's really not. It's really not. It's really not. Is that kind of like that where there's a lot of mechanics, but it's not necessarily complicated? Yes. So what you're yes. saying is like, yeah, there's a lot to know about, but what you really need to know is the 10 cards in your hand. And you could say, I can create so, this element. And then you might say, oh, I have a card over there. So it's not necessarily like hard rules. It's, it's actually I w like a little bit more complicated than Arkham Horror okay. in, in terms of that regard. So there, there's a lot of different rules, a lot of different nuance, but the complexity of it really comes from, yeah, assessing what you're going to do on your turn. Mm -hmm. what, what's also another interesting thing, the, in the rules, you're not allowed to tell anybody else at the table exactly where you're going. You're not allowed to tell them the exact numbers of any of your attacks. You're not allowed to tell them the exact... Um, uh, initiative order that you're going to go on. Right. The idea is that you're, it's like slightly competitive. So like when your character goes to a location, you pick up the money that's on there and then your character gets it. And when you finish the dungeon, that character keeps it. Yeah. So, and you're not allowed to trade items between different characters. And okay. the idea is that they're adventuring to complete their own thing. So th this, it's trying to stop you from like planning out the perfect turn. Right. And they say that if you're going to play solo or if you're going to play one player playing two characters, then you need to kind of increase the difficulty to like add to the coordination that you're right. doing. Right. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because you can, it's very easy to like go out of initiative, have one fighter go in, block off the hallway. Now the wizard can't get his fireball in, whatever. Like it's, yeah. Right. It, but but like that's part of the fun is you know bumping into each other and fucking things up and throwing one guy across. Yeah, the yeah. Room. I mean you still have your personal quest. Like it was. Yeah. It was yeah. always like I mean I think that like Arkham, the Arkham Horror. I think people played a ton of it. Yeah. Like yeah, Arkham yeah. Horror always kind of like failed at the personal quest because you're just sort of like Arkham Horror. The difficulty like had no room for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it was just sort of like if you're doing your personal quest, you're letting the table down and we will lose. Yeah. Like basically that was like Arkham Horror personal quest most of the time. <laughs> like, and like, it's a bit of a bummer. Um. Gloomhaven, you can kind of get away with stuff a little bit easier because if you, as long as the party finishes the mission, it's a success, even if somebody dies. Right. And so we've actually had a couple of missions where we had people burn themselves out and die early so that the other guys could finish it with a little bit of extra health. And so there's, yeah, it's kind of more fun that way. I don't mm. know. And then you said this is like a new game? This is brand spanking new. I had to import it from the States because there's you can't get it in Canada. And then even on the Gloomhaven subreddit well, yeah, right it now. Looks, I, I was like, I mentioned because if there's that rule where you need to have a translated copy of it before you can sell it. Yeah, and they're never going like to see card it. Card heavy. Quebec. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then the... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, and then on the, on the Gloomhaven subreddit right now, they put a post every time boxes are found in a store. And then huh. people are like, you can get it from this website. They have like 20 copies of it. And then, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how yeah. much did it cost? Uh, it's 120 okay. and then 80 bucks of shipping. That, it's not. It's a heavy box. Yeah, no, exactly. Older, it's like yeah. The shipping is up. 120 kind of makes sense. I was like, if you think yeah. that like 50, 60 bucks for a big box game, typically, and, and that's like a real big box game. So included in this, there's like the six base classes, and then I think there's 22 total classes. Okay. So there's a shitload of content that comes. And there's a, the booklet has 90 maps in it, or 90 levels. Yeah. So there's a lot of game in there. And Debbie and I, after, after having played it, I'm sure 20 hours, if not 30, in mm -hmm. the last little while, we did, I want to say, seven of the dungeons. Like, they take a good of while. Like 90? Out of 90. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah. So you're buying... Hundreds yeah, of hours. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, like, to me, like, it, it compares to buying, like, two one or two video games. Video yeah. games, yeah. yeah. But even yeah. then, like, video games, like, AAA titles are coming out of, like, 80 bucks right now. So it's, like, that's yeah. not a huge difference. I, anyway, I'm, I'm delighted by this purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like on the pricey side, but worth the money. Like, exactly. Especially yeah. if you have like a crew that you can, I mean, or you and Deb, like that you're just yeah. Could just go. Well, into. so I didn't even think that it would end up this way. But what I what I can do, and I'm sure that I'm going to at some point, is have like set up a Gloomhaven night. Whoever wants to come can come at any time. You can come. One person leaves. You can shift in the character. Yeah. Everybody could make their own character, and it, it's like a if I'm too bummed out or burned out to to DM some night, it can yeah. be like a cooperative board game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Aces. I think we did it, guys. This is yeah, we got to take care of some of the meat and potatoes. Don't forget to like and follow us no, on we're Facebook. We're going to record a separate things. To no, plug in there's the still end. the regular stuff we have to talk about because you got to tell your friends to go to our Facebook page and we're like us there. We're also going to talk about that in the bumpers also. Yeah, you got to follow Patreon? us on Twitter. I'm at Risker. Keith's at uh, still the Sir Mix-A-Lot. Sir Mix-A-Lot <laughs> fan 976969XOXO. <laughs> there's underscores in there too Just yeah exactly use, use the official one what's the official one the at 9to5cc yeah that excellent one. that's much easier to remember <laughs> uh, also I'd be stupid I guess if I didn't mention that I have a live show tomorrow night oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
that would be stupid. <laughs> that other podcast that I do. But hold on, hold on. That one's really special. It's your 150th episode. It's 150th episode. episode and it, unlike on this one, we're actually drawing attention to it as opposed uh-huh. to just talking about Star Wars. Although we're having uh, one of the guys on from uh, Trois Bières, which is like uh, a very huge podcast in Montreal. They have huh. like thousands of downloads a month and whatever Whoa. and are wow. super famous and they so we might talk about star wars because they're huge geeks too uh-huh. we discovered we we're talking to alex rose and he was just sort of like he's like i don't want to tell you that this is the formula for the podcast in montreal but he's like you guys both started in 2011 and he's like the formula for Bien is like local celebrity guest guy who like works in tech and likes comics and comedian who likes wrestling <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the podcast club, yeah. <laughs> Walter and I are like, what? <laughs> like, they're just dop- French you, doppelgangers. You guys have to fight now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, are we feuding? No, are we yeah. gonna? No, you guys got to make out. Yeah, yeah we're like, what? Uh, Power yeah, of Wonder yeah, Twins unite. Out. Oh, yeah, we're having Yannick on from Tobias, uh, Leland Beckman from Moral Turpitude, mm-hmm. obviously our, our unofficial band leader on Go Plug Yourself, and Mike Patterson's going to awesome. show up too. T- television's Mike Patterson. Television. It's going to be a Telev- I saw him. Got slapped by Carlito Caribbean Cool once. I always really thought of him as the Wheel Club's Mike Wheel Patterson. Wheel Club's Mike Patterson. <laughs> but yeah, and also, but, and I mean, I don't know if Mike's doing a set. It's very unclear as to exactly how we're power putting the show together, yet it's coming together. Uh-huh. We'll, know, we'll know by Friday. Uh, but it'll be like a rare opportunity to see Mike performing in English. The Friday that has passed, as opposed to... No, it's to next Friday. Right. It's, the, it's, it's, it's tomorrow. Coming. It's yeah. tomorrow in podcast time. Yes. You're listening to this early, so you're going to get oh, right. and get tickets, right? Like yeah, tomorrow. exactly. So yeah, tomorrow night, now. 8 p.m., Mainline Theater. Uh, February 15th. February 16th. This podcast comes out on February 15th. Right. Yeah, 10 bucks at Mainline Theater. Yeah, come out. It's And we don't know. We, yeah, it might be other people. We're, we're going to get drunk and do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring the, your power bars because this is go plug yourself. That's the, that's the joke. What? Everyone with power bars. Everyone. The audience. Power bars? Like like extension cords? Power yeah. bars? All right. Yeah. Uh, you go plug yourself. No, surge protectors. Plug, yeah. This is great. Big yeah. finish. A plus, boys. Uh, I could have said butt uh, plugs. Follow jo- John on Twitter uh, at Julian Assange. Fan 6969. Just use the official one. I heart. Uh, silver locks. <laughs> I was like, I heard silver locks and poppy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? Is poppy? poppy? No. Follow John at myspace.com forward slash John uh, 9 to 5. It would be 100% Tom the Rat. It would be like MySpace. MySpace I never had a MySpace. But if you did. (laughs) Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.